This time on TNT. I've been everywhere, man. I went to Pembroke for the weekend. Plus, does love really bite? It sure did back in 88. It's all coming up right now on TNT. There he is. How's it going, Bob? Good. How's it going with you? Pretty good. I just was, I, I had a, uh, I got a jam here queued up okay. from 1988. That, it's 1988. That it's the year I started at St. Pat's High School in Halifax. We were the French immersions, the new kids on the block. Oh, see, I can't play it because I'm talking to you on the, uh, the other device, so I can't play it. But I was going to play that, uh, uh, I want to know what you're feeling. Won't you tell me what's on your mind? Who is that? <laughs> I want to know. It's, it's a classic, like, one-hit wonder. Information Society, they were called. That's what they were called? Yeah. I kind of looped them in with, like, you spin me right round, baby. I know, right? right? Like, same like sort of, like, ghoul it's, pop. It's a it's a pretty early 80s sounding song for 1988, yeah. right? It's kind of like... That's probably why they were a one-hit wonder, because they were like, okay, we have <laughs> coming out with this song that sounds like 1983. They were late. Yeah, then Millie Vanilli hit. 19 Lady like, well, how Late. How are we going to do? What are we going to do, 19 Lady Late? 19 Lady Late. And that's an information society, not the best name. I wonder where I've they are heard. right now. I don't know. Is it worth a Google or not even? I, I don't know. No, <laughs> not really. No, I don't think so. It's not. I mean, I can, but you know, with the price of the internet nowadays, uh, I don't know. Like, if you had, I, I'm into budgeting these days. If you had limited internet for your life, is that something you would use the internet for? Yeah, no way. And it works. Uh-uh. It works for tears. It works for rage. It works for um, sadness. That would be good. That would be good if it was like you could only rip it for like twenty minutes. Yeah, crying over <laughs> like that. You definitely. You'd, you'd you crying over that? You'd be. You'd think. You'd be thinking way differently. What and what you'd be. I guess ingesting online. Well, my friends Alethea and Stacy, who live in Iqaluit, uh, um, said that you get a certain amount of internet per month. So, uh, just because of where it is and the challenges of getting yeah. the internet up there, so you can tell when it's late in the month because suddenly people are working late, but it's because there's plenty of internet at work. <laughs> So people are like, I'm going to stick around at the end of the workday to like stream something on Netflix because I'm kind of running out of my internet at home. But I kind of yeah, like the yeah. idea that you would well, that makes sense. budget and pace your internet be, uh, usage. If you, if that includes like what you're watching on television too, like it's the only way you're getting that. That's tough. I don't even like I don't I don't even know why we have cable. <laughs> I, like sports, well, how I about guess, the but w- w- I don't know when the last there, time we turned our TV on was. Do you guys watch TV? I want to know. <laughs> I want to know who started the robbery of of the original data for like you know what I mean data usage because it's literally the same thing as electricity or yeah any other thing where it's turning on and there's no way it, 
it costs as much as they they, they charge you, right? Oh, there's like, no imagine, way. It's an NFT. Yeah, like, it's a crock. Like imagine radio cost when it first was banging. Like, oh, yeah, I know you're going over on your radio. On you're your Google bytes. Right? Like, what a ripoff, man. It's such a modern ripoff, capitalistic way to kind of take away from people. So anyway, I don't know how to... That's a bad move. We're getting hosed on the internet is what it comes down to. But Yeah, man, like... Right? It, like, it's it's really ridiculous. Well, and also, like the, phone, the internet companies establish what, what the googliabytes are worth. That doesn't work. Yeah. And then, the, like, so it's your monthly bill is, like, rent, what, what rent used to be. Yeah. Pe- people spending, like, $500 a month because they are got to stay going on the gram, keep their gram content up. Oh, I know. Oh, I know it. Don't I know it? So I'm going to quickly say what I've done in the last couple of days because you have been you've had a whole whirlwind that yeah. we can't we'll, we'll get to in a second. But I just ripped over to Pembroke to clear out uh, Lisa's mom Shirley's place, get all the stuff out of there, and get it I guess ready to sell. And uh, so it was nice uh, uh, to go to Pembroke and catch up with Clay, Lisa's brother, and Shirley, their family friend, and. Uh, it was nice. It was good to go back there. And was it, was it like March weather. break skis and you stayed at the hotel and swam and all that? No, no, it was like cleaning up skis, <laughs> like we were, and sleeping in the in the house. Oh wow! Just to kind of you know get the work accomplished, but a lot of rips to the dump and the value village. Love a and dump the, rip. Uh, Did her mom go, yeah. or she, it was best that she stayed at home and kind of no. kept an eye on stuff. Yeah, I, I think it would have just been kind of a bummer to be honest, because it's just it was it thinking like you know it's still kind of a fresh situation, and she's really kind of doing well here, and it's not exactly easy for her mobility to get her there and in and out of the car, and it's not that comfortable there because there's furniture's all gone, so it just made uh, more sense to just get it over with quickly and. If we're gonna go back, have it be more celebratory with the people there, as yeah. opposed to like seeing that seeing the house, you know. So, who went? Just the two of you? Yeah, just me and Lisa. Oh wow! And uh, her brother Clay met us there with uh, and Shirley, a, a family friend, to help. So yeah, it was a Clay's a good solid dude. I met him. Effort. Mm-hmm. Clay's one of those like That's right, he get out of the way. Um, give me the wrench, like. Uh, well, solid helper yeah. guys. Well, I have to tell a quick story that he told me about one time he was in, in Acapulco. And the way he talks, he's got the great valley accent with the cares and the, you know, with the way he says, speaks. So he was talking about this story where he had to go to the bathroom in this bar in Acapulco. Mm. <laughs> and he walks into the, the, the restroom and it's like the the... Uh, it was the men's washroom and then the woman's washroom with the it's kind of a thing in between. So he goes into the, the the men's washroom and he sees a spider on on the ground the size of his hand, like a huge spider. <laughs> <laughs> and he and he gets the wastebasket to kind of trap it <laughs> to at least so he could get it because he really had to go to get his business done. <laughs> but he's as he's get, grabs the wastebasket, basket the, the spider rips a hundred miles an hour up the wall and over <laughs> to the woman's side. 
<laughs> and, he, and he hears this. Ah! <laughs> he hears this scream, shriek from the woman's flag. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Could you imagine just sitting there and all of a sudden this the pie plate with legs <laughs> comes ripping down at you? No. <laughs> A spider's gross. A big spider is really gross. A big, fast spider is disgusting. Yeah. yeah. That knows what you're trying to do. Like when he goes for the waste bat, as soon as he went for the waste basket, it's like, yo, I'm out of here. And then freaking sitting there and it probably jumped right on her, right? So did he use the restroom? <laughs> Yeah, he had to go, yeah. so he went off and just snuck out after. <laughs> I imagine, though. It was just a great, quick story that I, when he told me that story, and just the way he tells it with his his accent, I was crying. You know when you know your stomach hurts yeah. after? And I was like, man, I haven't laughed like that, and I don't know, maybe since the last time I was hanging out with you. Yeah. <laughs> We've had some good ones. We've had some great ones, actually. The belly laughs. Sometimes they come from uh, being tired and uh, driving, like, say, between, I don't know, Edmonton and Saskatoon or something. Uh, Just when the sillies kick in, that's a good time. Yeah. And it's usually never as funny the next time you try and talk about it. No. No, tell tell the story about the milk. No. Yeah, yeah. No. So anyway, we got uh, we we got back from Pembroke and we're here and uh, um, we got all Shirley's important stuff and so yeah, it was a very quick but but uh, but nice. Those are so gotta, um, those are good couple things too, man. Like I'll, yeah, I'll help you clean yeah. out your mom's house. Like that's that's real life stuff. Those are for the sure. important things for that sure. you do together and are there for each other during you know. Yeah, no, definitely. So you uh, tell the the bods about your all right whirlwind. I've been of sitting on. It's not a lie. I just haven't been um, yeah uh, as candid with what's happening for a million reasons. Um, let me start at the start. In uh, the last year or so, we've really wanted to go on an epic RV adventure. Um, the girls are getting older. Uh, jobs, activities, school's going to get harder boyfriends, like all the stuff is only going to start taking up more of their time. So while we had this window where they still like to spend time with us, it's something that we've talked about doing a lot. There are a million Mm -hmm. reasons to not do it at this particular moment. Um, You know, the covesy and uh, uncertainty everywhere. Um, Also, Shug's in grade seven now, which is no joke, as you know. Um, Yep. But as the Omicron started to the the fires of omicron started to rage around us we were like i think this is the window so february 6th we hit the road in uh our motor home towing our half ton ford and went to the states i had a bunch of work down there which we kind of used as fence posts for our trip um Mm -hmm. like you guys we're better (laughs) when we're together uh, it, for sure. When I like leave for a week, come back for five days, leave for ten days, come back for a week, it almost just kind of throws the balance off. Plus the added layer of like getting a test here before I go, getting a test there before I come back, getting a test here. It just kind of increased 
the chances of getting it. And then if I did get it and I'm out of commission, then what happens to my gigs and all that stuff? So all yeah. things considered, there were 999,000 reasons to not and a million reasons to. So by a narrow margin, we decided to just hit the road. And yeah. uh, so we drove to um, uh, our first kind of stop was the Hershey Chocolate Factory. And in the States, nice. um, different jurisdictions decide on their COVID response. Uh, so it's not like state to state. It's literally village to town to city to village. So uh, mm-hmm. if you stop for gas somewhere, it might be real buttoned up. And if you uh, go into a convenience store somewhere else, they might have never heard of it. So we got to the Hershey Chocolate Factory and yeah. Indigo turned to me and said, I don't care if I get it. This is fun. And you realize how much fun has been lacking for everyone Um you know, the last couple of years. So to have like limited exposure, safe kind of fun was like, it's the best. And, and I, Mm -hmm. um, I realized how, as I've said to you offline, I was worried that they were becoming immune to disappointment. So something would get canceled a dance recital or a birthday party. And they're like, yeah, like not even feeling it anymore. And that really freaked me out. So in a way it was kind of easier to bubble on the bus than it would have been sending them out into the world at school here. As, as we've seen, your fortunes can change in a couple of days um, either way. For sure. Um, so uh, we went to uh, the Hershey Chocolate Factory. Then we went down to Florida. And our first kind of outing, which felt so strange, was we went to a rodeo in central Florida. And it was a, a Saturday night. And, or was it Friday night? Saturday night rodeo. And um, we were outdoors, but we were in a crowd of people, like in the back row of the stands. We were probably the only people with masks on. And it was uh, hosted by a kind of, all shucks, you know, you might not know that uh, Cowboys actually started in Florida. And he was armed with, like, folksy (laughs) phrases like, but seriously, there by by the love of Jesus, we're all here tonight, and we want to thank, you know, Harley's Hats, one of our sponsors, like sort of seamlessly weaving the Lord and uh, rodeo events. (laughs) But... He had corporate a, companies. Yeah, exactly. And he, he had a real like, oh, that's going to hurt in the morning. Like that kind of like someone would get brained on the side of a grate. And he just had a kind of casual, aw shucks, chuckled like, oh, we might need some Advil. Like that kind of thing. So um, Just to kind of cushion the blow yeah. of the... D- dark macabre the kids in this situation yeah, so the kids are out looking at. the first thing that happened was like the um the the running of the horses and the anthem and american flags and like super turbo patriotic and horses running galloping at full tilt and crisscrossing and flags and 4-h and like all the things that you might expect and then um, you're, you're trying to stay on the bull for eight seconds. So the, the first couple guys go, and it's like two seconds, 2.5 seconds. And then the third guy goes, and the bull sits on him and squashes <laughs> him into the gate. And he's weekend at Bernie's, <laughs> leaning against the gate for a long time. And the guys get a rope around the bull, and the bull runs away with the rope. And it was just a donkey clinic. And the guy is still, like, <laughs> not moving. He so, got dragged. 
Well, he, no, he didn't. Get, he, he didn't get dragged. He just got squashed against the gate. But there's a, two other guys on horseback whose job it is to like, okay, but seriously, we're gonna get the bull. So both of them put the like ropes squ- around the bull. And the bull like, took the ropes from them. Did he look like he was squished like a bug on a wall? Yeah, he was like his his back was at a forty five degree angle, and um, the host was like, oh, it's gonna take him a minute to get up. And then suddenly it's been four minutes, and he hasn't moved oh, no. at all. And they're like, but it's not funny. And the girls are kind of looking at us like, is it? Do you think? And then you see an ambulance come from behind the thing with lights on, but no sirens. And then like, oh, well, if you look at the history of Cowboy and the thing, you know, he's going to hurt tomorrow, that kind of thing. And they're basically scraping him onto a plastic plate and trying to take him away without anyone watching. Like, I I hope he's okay. And then uh, Carol was like, should we? And I was like, yeah, we should probably. So we left. It's just like, what just happened to go? <laughs> Cram him out with a big spatula. <laughs> it was like all this um, pomp and pageantry and ceremony and like Saturday Night Lights and then gork, this guy gets creamed into a wall and we leave. <laughs> and Cotton Eye Joe just comes pounding yeah. the whole time. And then they're like, well, please welcome Todd Yaden, uh, world-class <clears throat> roper. And this truck with a trailer comes out. Like just something to take away the the attention from the guy. Yeah, like a little light show squished. kind of disco stuff happening on this trailer. And it's kind of to draw the eyeway. Like, Todd, you'd be on a hot standby in case anyone gets gorked into the wall. And then uh, we'll fire you out there, butt. So Todd's doing You're like, uh, that tricks. Guy, that guy was a lot bigger when he was standing up now than when they put him on the plate. Oh, man. <laughs> All squished up. Well, it's like when I broke my femur in the car accident, they were measuring my right leg, and I was like, guys, pretty out of it. I broke my left leg. They're like, yeah, we know. We just need to know how long it should be when we put it back together. Oh, um, man. That's, That's got to uh, be nice to hear. Yeah. So uh, so that was the rodeo in Florida. Um, then wow. we, we drove through Louisiana and uh, went to New Orleans, <laughs> which I'd never been to before. Um, That's a good time. It's great. Really good time. And it, it was a Saturday morning. Um, like, again, a masked affair. So it was like yeah. uh, limited exposure, outdoor fun in all these places. So we didn't, like, yeah. go rip in New Orleans. We walked around outside on a Saturday morning, and uh, I dig it. I dig it. There's, um, you can feel the kind of seedy underbelly of fun and adventure there. Um, but I was really, sure. really happy to get to see it. It was awesome. And then we went to Austin. Um, Indigo had one thing on her bucket list. That was to hand-feed capybaras. Um, nice. Remember a few years ago, capybaras escaped from the Toronto Zoo? Yeah. They are the world's largest rodent, and they are the world's friendliest animal. Um, so you can book a capybara adventure at this Austin Zoo, which is like, um, you know, run by people that love animals, a kind of a rescue facility. So we uh, wore masks and gave them romaine lettuce. Um, Austin's a good town, too. 
It is a great town. Lots to do there. Great I, music, great food. I bet in the early going, when you started going to Austin, it wasn't as cool. Like, it's kind of become cool, hasn't it? Or was it always? No, it was actually cooler back the first time I went there in, the, in like, 1995. There were, well, it was just more live music. There's still so much live music, but back in in before that it was just even more so and uh, you know Stevie Ray Vaughan playing in one place and you know and uh BB King across the street just like the best of the best everywhere and uh well I remember Austin so, City yeah. Limits the music series and they always had yeah. like monsters on incredible it. music yeah i don't th- I, I, you know and i'm not saying that it's lessened but it's just it's it's a little more of a corporate vibe now especially with south by southwest being so popular but uh it's an amazing place it's it really is it's it's a good like if i were if i had to live in texas it would be in austin 100 percent um real estate is bananas uh in austin understandably so i hadn't considered that it's like the sundanceification of that city yeah, yeah, and it's probably the most, uh, I guess, less right wing of, of of all the cities. You know, you don't feel the toughness of, of other cities. I find just as a kind of you know going through Texas and you just state troopers in Dallas. <laughs> you know, just like the hardcore, scary. You're in Texas now. It's just not as hardcore seemingly yeah. in Austin, but uh, you know, I, I it's a great place. Did you did you get some good barbecue on the way there? No, you tipped us off to a place. It's um, there are a couple of things at play. One is if we're trying to put some miles behind us with a bus towing so, yeah. a truck, we're about fifty feet long. So to um, uh, navigate through the city to pull over at a place to get a thing is sometimes not in the cards for us. And then, for uh, sure. you know, dietary challenges and people with different palates. And, uh, yeah, sometimes it comes together, sometimes it doesn't. But we spent time on SoCo, um, south of Congress. And that's a really cool strip. And I was really proud to see that a lot of the flagship nice. fashion stores are lines that Carol carries in her store. Um, so we hand-fed Capybara and then there. Where'd you, sorry, where, you, how long were you in Austin for? Just a few days? Uh, yeah, just a few days. Then continued the drive out, stopped in Phoenix on the way to uh, Newport Beach. And we posted up there at this campground called Newport Dunes for a couple weeks. I actually had to fly back to Austin for a gig. Um, then we did NASCAR, which I talked about a lot. Um, then two weeks, yeah. uh, I had a gig in Vegas. Then we drove to Nashville. I flew back to Vegas for a second gig, flew back to Nashville, and then uh, we drove home over the last few days, but um, stayed in. There's a campground called Liberty Harbor Campground in Jersey City, about 200 yards from Manhattan. And it's basically cool. a campground that's owned by the Liberty Harbor uh, Marina and Ferry people um you're basically paying for a big enough parking spot to park your rig overnight so we unhooked the truck truck and bombed over to manhattan and bombed around with our nova scotia plates um 
bombed around through Times Square and uh, uh, drove to Manhattan, went to Magnolia Bakery, got some cupcakes going. So cool. it, it's awesome because Suge wrote an essay about the educational benefits of travel, and I, I've often wondered if they remember things or absorbed or uh, the, the lessons that we're hopefully teaching them landed, and uh, they did. She remembers everything. And it's easier to uh, show than tell in some ways, or, you know, you, you can uh, absorb a lot more by seeing things, people that live um, uh, close to the bone and people that live on the street and things that we don't have in our neighborhood that uh, is really important, an important part of the world for them to learn and know. Um, so yeah, it was it was well, great. I, I still I still remember New York when I went. I was twelve or thirteen or something like that. Eight right around the eighty eight, and uh, it still sticks to me like glue. All the memories of that. Just when you see such a drastically different place, and it's just so. What did you busy go for? Baseball. No, just for fun. My like sister family? Jenny and her. And her husband Dave at the time, yeah, uh, Jenny and and uh, her husband at the time, we just decided last minute, Jet and me and the, and Jet and Jet me and them ripped down just like on a whim, drove down. We stayed at a cousin's place because uh, yeah, of course, my father, well, anyone my, had cousins yeah, my there. father, yeah. So uh, we stayed at a cousin's place, and then we went into the city but i just remember how i just couldn't believe the the amount of people and just the i guess just the the, the culture shock of even coming from toronto it just was so dense and uh i think we saw like um i don't know if it was yeah it was a guy who got hit by a car because he like ran out in traffic Whoa. like and it was a pretty decent accident so like seeing stuff like that i was like whoa that shocked me and and the amount of this was in 1988 or something so there was like times square was really greasy back then yeah like, super not a place you go for to hang out who was it so was it rudy that cleaned it up or was it uh, Ed no, I think it was uh yeah, I think it might have been Koch because it was late 80s, early 90s when they just started putting everybody that was homeless on a bus to Jersey. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I think there's a lot of boroughs around it that would say, yeah, they all just came here. Well, we saw um, we saw uh, two bikes hit each other head on. Um, but it it's so... The thing that always fascinates me about that city, and I, I do love the energy of it and was so <laughs> pumped to be there after a while, um, it's the logistics of we run yeah. a restaurant, we don't have anywhere to store stuff, we're going to open up the sidewalk and have a cold yeah. storage underneath. <laughs> yeah. Right? Well, yeah, I remember the first time with the with the band when I went to, to New York and uh, I was staying in my hotel room and I remember... It was still, that was like 95, I guess. So it was still uh, a, a little more, a little more grease to it. <laughs> more crime, definitely. But I remember hearing like in the middle of the night, just uh, a woman coming, screaming, going, help, 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 oh, help, no. help, 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 
like running by screaming help and Terrifying. i'm like wow that's insane being a press like got 20 floors in the air just hearing it going by i'm like whoa man this place has got some hardcore scenes it was hardcore and yet i felt more uh at home and welcome and comfortable there than I did in Vegas. Vegas to me feels like because everyone is transient on the strip anyway, it feels mm. like anything could happen. No one would have your back. No one would care. Um, everyone would watch. I mean, yeah. my, my Vegas experience is uh, um, kind of different because I don't really gamble. I don't, love to go out crazy late like all the things that it has aren't really things that appeal to me we did take the girls to see the michael jackson cirque show which was Mm -hmm. wild um and something happened to me that has never happened before we deliberately booked uh seats in the back row we wanted to be kind of last in wear masks first out like like all that stuff um and just Mm -hmm. as the uh curtain was happening and usher came over and said is it just the four of you and i said yeah and he said follow me and he walked us down the center aisle to the front row of the second section so about i don't know 150 yards closer to the stage which was so generous and awesome and watching their uh eyes kind of pop out of their heads um, at seeing this, the Cirque and the Michael Jackson music and all that, they really um, kind of went down a Michael Jackson wormhole. And we watched the entire 1995 sit down with Oprah Winfrey. Um, but difficult conversation oh, to have, what? right? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's of all places in the wormhole to stop. That's a classic. I know, and it was the 90, 1995 sit down at Neverland. <laughs> And where he he hadn't done an interview in like 12 years and he put all the rumors to rest. But having to like... denial. Well, yeah, so... Denial soup and salad sandwich. Well, so so they're like, Michael Jackson's awesome, right? Uh, I mean... Oh, yeah. Huh. Huh. Yeah, man. It is a simple question. And it is hard to, to navigate. Like... As as an artist, yeah, um, but he definitely was a complex person. I didn't watch. Um, what was the last one that you and Timbo watched? With the documentary, yeah, about the the kids that came forward. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the allegations after allegations. I mean, it, it and you know, taking kids for the weekend away from their parents, like just and sleeping in the bed with them and all that stuff. Like that's just, I don't care who you are. That's not happening. No, no, no. My kid. No, it's, you know, obviously awful. And one of them could describe his birth. That alone, that, 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 yeah. Well, it's just all kinds of disgusting behavior that he liked to do to these kids. And, uh, they, every kid said the same thing, like the same kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I was like, okay, that's enough of that. Like, how can you get a pass after that? But yeah. he's getting a pass every day. What was I guess interesting? It's he's too valuable. Is that what it is? Like his music catalog is too valuable to 
the music scene that that that's just continual passes like he's James Franco or something, right? Like some people somehow, I don't know how they do it, but they skid past the cancellation button. I well, guess. it was interesting. Well, Chris Brown. <laughs> yeah, sure. Like I don't understand how it happens where some people can just kind of keep doing that stuff. Um, it was interesting watching this Oprah special because it was before much of it had come out. Like it was back when people were just like, he's got some strange behaviors. Um, and he was kind of swatting these rumors down like flies. It was before social media, of course, and it was before the internet, of course. Um, was it? Yeah. The internet? Yeah, yeah. So well, the inter- well, I mean, 95, 96 is when it started going. Yeah. yeah. So he Chat was, sites and whatnot. He was still like... for 10 uh, minutes for a download. He was still talking about... Um, like stories in the Inquirer and how uh, bizarre they are and how there's no truth to any of them. So it was before he'd really been nailed on any of the stuff. Um, but watching his uh, reasoning and explanation for his strange behavior was like, oh, that's how your mind justifies it because uh, it's your dad's fault. Um, you were never uh, given a proper childhood. He talked about like wanting to, sometimes he would hide when the Jackson 5 plane was about to leave because he didn't want to go. He just would, wanted to be a kid well, going to the concert with his friends. And how about how about his dad still getting paid at the end of the day more than everybody like, yeah. and owning everything, the contracts that they were under? Like it's just, but again, uh, it makes sense if you grow up in that kind of uh, uneasy environment that, and you don't know up, what up is down in terms of entitlement with life or morality when it's just all getting thrown around makes sense that he ended up bent, you know? Definitely. The thing that struck me when I watched This Is It, though, and I I watched it when it came out, however many years ago that was, and that was the, like, towards the end of his life, he was trying to mount this, was it Michael Jackson 50 or something? Like, uh, uh, mount this big tour. We were so used to him being a pajama limo jumping freak that I'd forgotten how completely in control of his artistry he was. So you can't ignore the decisions he was making because he was very able to speak up for exactly what he wanted in a musical context, right? So that's kind of selective, uh, um, selective memory if he was kind of pleading to not be aware of the decisions he was making elsewhere in his life. Yeah, for sure. Alas. And, and, uh, well that, yeah. And he, that's probably why he was popping pills like Pez too. Right. Yeah. To kind of put up this escape from reality. Yeah. What happens. Um, but as a, it, it, it it was neat as a Cirque show, like the acrobats and the dancing. And I mean, straight bangers you can't deny that um, <laughs> i'm kidding for sure definitely and and, and you watch that like these these dancers can do the moves but then when you watch the, the videos of him doing the same moves he just had that extra it's almost it reminded me of you when you're uh phil like all that not like uh oh, yeah. it's not like words it's yeah, sounds yeah. that give it uh a rhythm and a cadence like shaman well he had uh he had uh, incredible rhythm to the point where he 
cre- he would create click tracks or percussive stuff that the bands would play to. Wow, just I didn't know because that. Because he wanted to, he wanted certain accents to be known when you're playing it, right? Right. Yeah. Yep, definitely. So let's take a break. We gotta. We'll get back to her in two seconds, eh, bots? Take a break. Let's get back. Like the wind <laughs> through my tree. Patrick Swayze had a deep bag of tricks. She <laughs> next to me. He really, uh, he's really laying into it. The sun. Listen to the lyrics. He threw that away. She's taking my heart. She know <laughs> okay, hold on. That's that's the best line yet. She doesn't, like, classic Southern, she doesn't know what she's done. Let me hear it again. Want to hear that again? Listen. She doesn't know what she's done. (laughs) She doesn't know what she's done. Listen. Wasn't taking my heart. Here. She doesn't know what she's done. (laughs) He's saying it like, you know, like Bonanza. Like, she doesn't know, she doesn't know what she's getting into. Yeah, but isn't isn't he from Australia? No. Patrick Swayze? Yeah. No. Patrick Swayze? Yeah. No way. He's like classic Southern American. Going to the Google. You're going to the Google? Like, isn't he from like. like, when I thought um, Walking on Sunshine was Canadian. Like Arkansas or something? Is he? Yeah, American actor. There you go. Where is he from? Uh, Biloxi? Yeah, Houston. There you go. <laughs> wow. So, but it's like the, it's like the dew in the grass didn't, didn't. He doesn't know what he <laughs> You're listening, listen. She's taking my heart, but she doesn't know what she's done. <laughs> doesn't. But he, do you like. Think, do you think that, that, do you think that, like, Donovan would have thrown that out? Like, we don't do doesn't here? <laughs> like. I, I assume he was told to lean into his heritage. <laughs> he had a deep bag of tricks, though, man. Good actor, uh, like Circa the Outsiders, played Derry, yeah. right? De- definitely a good actor for sure, hundred percent. Maybe yeah. maybe that was his his uh, sharpest knife. The acting, yeah, yeah, Cause the yeah because the singing is average at best. <laughs> Definitely, the singing's not great. It's like if we put Edwin from My Mother Earth beside Patrick Swayze and like go down the list of what they had and what they didn't have. Like Ed Edwin could sing maybe better than Patrick Swayze, but Patrick Swayze could sing better than Edwin, or Why? Patrick <laughs> Swayze could act better than Edwin. Why is Edwin who are comparing Patrick Swayze? Be- because to? he he's kind of a Patrick Swayze looking mask. Is he? I'd say he's the most Patrick Swayze Canadian I know. Really? Sure. I okay. I'm gonna look him up too. Yeah. He's from I'm yeah, look him Earth. Up. Ed- Edwin. Yeah. Was he Edwin? The he guy from Newfoundland, right? No. No. 
Oh, I'm thinking. I think he, Brian. I think he might be from Peterborough, like the uh, the Tana brothers, but I'm not sure. Okay, but Brian took over for Edwin, I, right? Yes. Yes. But but Edwin's back. Oh, he is. Yeah. Okay. Um. Anyway, he, he was the lead singer for the Canadian supergroup Crash Karma. Yes. Who was in that? Yeah. With Mike Turner, former OLP. Wow, okay. And uh, Jeff Burroughs from Tea Party. It was a, a legit supergroup. I think it was the the bod from uh, The Watchmen, I think, was in there, too. Oh, yeah, okay. The bass player. But, yeah, definitely a little bit of everything in that group. <clears throat> um, here's something you should know. What? I Mother Earth announces 2022 shows with both their lead vocalists, That's Brian right. They're and doing Edwin. They're doing full albums, right? Yeah. So are the Tana brothers there in I Mother Earth? Yeah. Jag and Christian. Yeah. Are they good dudes? Great, uh, great dudes, yeah. Yeah. Very, very cool. Jag is one of the, uh, one of the most prolific canadian guitarist there ever was i would say very talented really yeah oh yeah look at but, edwin yeah see swayze looking mask so why did edwin leave and why was brian hired like what I happened it, I, I don't know i think it was kind of like the classic growing pains of a band when uh you know, one guy just kind of becomes a little bit, I don't want to say pushed aside, but it, you know, be kind of goes on their own and it's tough to go on when you're that person in the band when it's like, cause as soon as you become the person that's what, what the others would consider the weak, weakest link, it's, it sucks because like you're constantly the brunt of all the problems, you know? Oh, is that so? Is that what Edwin was? I I think so, and you know, um, and for for whatever reason, it doesn't matter why, you know. But uh, it happens. I mean, it happened in OLP a couple times where um, the other three kind of are seeing things a certain way, and it's just if it's not all the same page, then it just starts to become friction and. And awful. Being in a band is is tough for that because yeah. sometimes um, it can just happen out of nowhere. You know, sometimes it's not for. It's just uh, a feeling that just kind of it's more to do with hanging out than to do with music. You know, I'm sure. But I think in the big picture. Um, it's just a very difficult thing because you're dealing with a marriage of four different or five or six different whatever people and it's very similar to a marriage because it has to be cool every day or else you know it doesn't take long if you're not having fun to to uh to want to go home you know well especially and you're no matter, living in a confined no space and yeah. killing 22 hours a day. Yeah. Oh, man. Believe me, I know what it's like to want to be home. Yeah. 
when you're on the road. I also think like if I know there's nine more weeks of something, I start to feel suffocated and panicky, right? Yeah. And like yeah. imagine being on one of those, yeah, we're on a world tour for the next 18 months. Oh, well, that's cool if it's, it's, if it's uh, in front of people and you're, 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 you have momentum on your side. But when you're like touring for three months straight and, you know, there's not that many people there and your, your guarantees are crap and you're not taking home that much money, that's when it's like, what? hold up. Stop the, stop the truck. Yeah, you imagine being out, out there and you're not a kid anymore and it, it's just like you're you're uh not you know you you don't uh you don't live anywhere because you can't afford rent you know that kind of style <laughs> or you live together it's just like it gets difficult it gets really hard even though you're a band um playing the show and the people are singing along like you said, that extra, the other 22 hours is everything. And you better be making money or else it, that 22 hours is going to be really tough. Yeah. That's why I always think the way up is the good stuff. Because you don't know what's ahead. You're hungry. You want it. You're yep. working together for something. And then once for you sure. get it, whatever it yeah. is and however you define it, then what? When you're young and you don't have a family and you're in a band, like, don't stop. Like, I, I think uh, Alex Van Halen told me that. It was a great piece of advice that he gave me on our tour in 1995. We had been a band for like two, three years at that point. And uh, he said that. He said, like, look, you guys are young. You don't have wives or kids. You should tour straight and write straight for three, five years. Like, you got to give it your all. And that means, like... If you're not on the road, then you're in the studio. And when you're home, you're, you're not uh, taking time off. You're actually practicing or working on your live show so you can give yourself the best chance to try and uh, propel the future. Because if you give it for that five to seven years and you have a couple hits and you build yourself up to reasonable venues, that gives yourself some some chance for longevity as opposed to just like not touring really. And, you know, man, if you, it, what's you know, becoming advice? a live, becoming a live entity, something that is as exciting as when people listen to your music on the radio. If you can create something special live, then that's as important as everything. But yeah, you have to really grind that out and, uh, it really makes a difference. For sure. Um, you were wise to uh, accept and um, curate advice from all these uh, veterans whenever you had For the sure. chance. You yeah. you often um, uh, had the ear of these people, didn't you? Definitely. And, you, you know, when I was that type of person that, like, I picked... I, you know, I, I was a, a tradesperson. I am a tradesperson. Drums are my trade. And uh, it's no different than plumbing. You have to be social to be a successful plumber. You know, you have to 
Um, there's other things around surrounding the actual job that you're doing that you have to kind of be aware of. And, um, the hard work that goes first, it's like, it's all, it's like when you start a business and you just have to keep doing the, uh, the stuff that's not fun a lot. Amen. Yeah. Amen. 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 Speaking of Amen Corner, it's uh, the Masters Golf Tournament week. That's a big deal for me. Is it? I do like it. So when My, do uh, you when do you start watching the TV? Do you watch Thursday or <laughs> you just wait till Sunday? I'll uh, no, I'm I'm watching it already, just to see the place. Like I'm, uh, well, it's my birthday's the seventh, right? So like my birthday is either, either baseball starts on my birthday or the Masters starts on my birthday, and this time the Masters starts on my birthday, so that's solid, exciting. But that I think that has a lot to do with it. Baseball and seeing the Masters on and around my birthday just kind of got things rolling. Makes you ony. Makes me ony. Uh, the, I mean, summer's on the way. Yeah, true. That's the other thing, right? Because it's actually, there's no more like, oh, another month of snow. Like, that's it. If there's if it's going to snow, it's like a, a crazy haphazard incident at this point. I remember arriving in town on uh, the day baseball season started. It was the most, and this is, I'm an East Coaster. I've seen a lot of reckless drinking, but this was the most... Uh, for, first of all, most vomit per capita I've ever seen in my life, like Jay's opening home opener. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just people getting land-based. Yeah, oh, man. And, like, it's that foamy draft bar. Oh, God, yeah. Just yeah. violently ill in daylight. Like, that's not Nga. something you see much. Yeah. Like those dudes. Nga. Nga. <laughs> that one where it's just like <laughs> instantaneous, <laughs> big huge flow like a opening up a a fire hydrant. <laughs> that one, <laughs> it's like a bubba boyish, but out the other. <laughs> it is a bubba boyish, but out the other end for sure. Did you did you have like street parties ever? No, around really, you. No, did you? No, but I've uh, I've been to a few parties that were like street parties, and it's like that. The ba-ba-ba-ba's in the streets. Or bush parties, like when people are all just congregating in the woods. And it's, if, you, if you like journey away from the, the bonfire and towards the trees, you start hearing the ba-ba-ba's and the people pounding and all that stuff. Oh, like <laughs> right? nature's... Yeah. Soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like when excitement is driving, sometimes like humans can't keep up with it or they can't pace themselves accordingly. Like yeah. first night, summer night, it's a bush party. Everyone's having fun. There's a big fire. That you're, that's it. You're going down. You become Terry. You go into t- Terry mode where you disappear hammered. In the woods. Your thing stopped. You're recording? Well, let's take a little five-seconder here. Hold up. Hold up. 
Stripper jams? Full on stripper jam. Not now. Your... Well, in some maybe at Popular Girl, this is probably still Yeah, it's still Berlin. <laughs> I haven't thought about Popular Girl in so long. <laughs> okay guys, Dakota guys. <laughs> okay, hold on here, hold on, do it again. Okay. Let's start it off. Okay, here we go. Can you give me the reverb so it sound extra wet? <laughs> okay, guys, the only guys say vendredi soir, it's Friday night at Popular Girl. To la soirée all night long, chicken finger, taters. And Majid, only $5.99. Remember, if you're gonna throw the loonies, guys, keep it in a roll. We don't want anyone's eyes getting burned out with loonies and doonies. Prochain sur le stage, first on the stage, Avril Vagine. It's 1988. There's a dance at uh, like St. Pat's High School. It's a much music video dance, and that song is banging. Yeah, it's it. And when you're that age, it's pretty intense. That song. It's an end of the nighter for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like you're not like joking around, laughing. All of a sudden, you're kind of scared. You're locked in, right? But also you're trying to like, are you guys inside. going to McDonald's after? Whose car are you going in? Is, do you ever? Can I go in your car with with you? Yeah. Is that what you guys okay, did after yeah. high school dances? Go to McDonald's? My boys are in that. That's it right now. But now it's like I can't I can't relate musically, but like that would have been the jam when we were kids. So what now are, do they like, have dances? No. Well COVID's crushed everything. Yeah, right. Like because John's halfway through high school and he hasn't had normal high school yet. Oh, that's because brutal. It's like so so crushed. Is it opening like, now though? A, I want what's that? Is it opening up now? Well, um in a way, but like it's still like it's pounding still. So like they all wear masks still and try not to gather. At lunch or whatever. Exactly so, yeah, it's, the it's opposite close. of what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, it's close, but there's no, like... Um, I think all the social events are kind of gassed because of because of this stuff. So, yeah, three, two and a half years or whatever the hell it's been. Um, just grinding her out, but... Uh, 
It'll come back, I guess, some kind of semblance, maybe high, maybe senior year. To be able to, like, take a mask off in the hallway. <clears throat> no! We gotta come right back one more time. What other ADA jams you have, bud? Right here, bud. You're about to be possessed by the sounds of MC Raw Face and DJ Easy Rock. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. This could have been the beginning. Is this the beginning of J-Rock? It should be mandatory basketball warm-up jams. (laughs) Yeah, right? Right? I can just see like the 88 Chicago Bulls practicing to this. Yeah. Yeah, my friend John Cherry had a Chrysler Spirit bombing around in the Spirit listening to this. Solid jam. It's just uh, some good rhythm with some uh, never-ending like screams in the background that just... Right? Like, it, it's non-stop. Background screams go a long way, though. Like that, hey, ho, hey, yeah. ho, like that rocking ship of uh, um, call-outs in the background. I dig it. Yeah. Okay, so get this tags. You ready? Okay, I'm going to can this here. All right, yeah. You know I do you some work s- in the United States of America. Sure. And as a result, you have to file in both countries. Yeah. Um, in e- I, well, actually, in, in the each state, even right, that's the biggest pain. Yeah, if yeah, I suppose if you were a touring band playing in different states, you'd have to file um, appropriately. Yeah. In my case, I tend to do uh, work in one state typically. Um, also, I have uh, my company in Canada. My company is allowed to work in the states, so it's a little complicated come tax time. Okay. So get this, bud. Um, it had to file in the United States of America. It had to uh, pay the IRS some money. The only way to do this is with a bank draft. You can't just send a check. You have to send a draft, so it's guaranteed funds from your bank. Of course, yeah. You can't send it. It's always a little disconcerting sending it from Canada because you can't mm. send it um, with a tracking number because it goes to a P.O. box, and you can't send anything to a P.O. box that has any kind of tracking number. So you can't send it mm-hmm. express mail or by courier. You have to just mail it. So you're mailing guaranteed funds out into the world and the phone number for the IRS doesn't work from Canada. So you can't even call and say, like, did you guys get it or anything? Yeah, it's a roll of the dice. It's a roll of the dice. All this to say, I get a letter from them a couple of weeks ago saying you owe this amount of money that I was really surprised to hear that I owed. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, and, and it wasn't because it was lower than you thought. No, no, it wasn't. No, it never <laughs> it is. That, that's it? Really? It was like, oh, that's unsettling. Oh, yeah. dear. Oh, I wow. I hate that. Yeah. So, um, I had one of those a couple of years ago where I was like, God damn, wow. Like, are you sure? Yeah. So here's yeah. what I actually did. Um, when I sent the uh, thing in the mail, um, part of me was like, I have no way of proving that I sent this thing other than, yeah, no, I sent it. You should have it. So I took a video with my phone, which is time and date stamped October whatever it was, 
um, hey, there's the uh, amount. Here's the serial number of the thing. I'm going to lick the envelope on the video, flip it mm-hmm. over, show you the address of the thing, and show me putting the envelope in the mailbox so I actually have proof that I sent it. Mm-hmm. Good thinking, right, bud? Sure, yeah. Because otherwise, I, it would just be my word versus theirs, and I will never win. So I had yeah. actually forgotten that I did that, but I went back through my phone and was like, wait a sec, not only did I do it, I have a video of it. So I've been Nancy Drewing this um, bank draft for the last couple of weeks and basically asking my bank, if, if anyone, could anyone else cash it if it's made out to a specific thing? And they're like, no, it had to be them. So I think that yeah. institution is just so big that the right arm wasn't talking to the left arm, so it was cashed. There, my bank was able to find out, but um, just the boom uh, wasn't caught up with the uh, echo. So it's it's dealt with, but it was a little scary for a second. Yeah, but like you know how they always say, if you're writing a screenplay or you want to copyright something, mail it to yourself and don't open it. So it's like yeah. time dated, and you could prove it in a court of law if you had to. It's just so rare that I think in that kind of paranoid, you know what I should do way. But hey, I got mm-hmm. a lucky bounce, bud. Yeah, you're better to be safe than sorry, as they say. Wait, that's a that's, great expression. Uh, really? You think? Yeah. Say it again. Yeah. Well, I'll write it down, actually. Say it again. It's better to be sorry than what? How did you say it? Then better to be safe than sorry. True story. Hey, listen. Listen. Let's take it out this episode. With a little fast car from 1988. Good chatting, bud. Good chatting, bud. Let's let it have it. Everybody loves Tracy. One, two, bring it, baby. You get a fast car. I want a ticket to anywhere. Maybe we make a deal. Maybe together we can get somewhere. Any place is better. Starting from zero, got nothing to lose. Maybe we'll make something. Myself, I got nothing to prove 